Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We are in a series called Follow Me, in a series called Follow Me. And really what we've been doing is we've been taking from the scripture in Luke chapter 9 and verse 23 where Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross. you got to deny yourselves. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And so this has really been the text for our series for the whole month. And we talked about how really the world brings these phrases and what we should follow. But Jesus says to follow him. And we talked about how the world says to follow your dreams and to follow the money and uh, to follow your heart. Well, today I want to talk to you from the phrase of follow the crowd to follow the crowd. You know, the scripture, Jesus says, I want you to follow me. And all throughout the scripture, we see that there were always crowds around Jesus. He always has large crowds around him, whether they were trying to get, be fed by him, whether they were seeing miracles by him, whether they were, he was teaching them. There were always incredible crowds around Jesus. And when we talk today about the crowd, when we say the term crowd, I don't mean if you're at a stadium uh, and you're full, uh, the stadium is full and you're cheering on your football team, uh, there's a large crowd. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about today when we talk about the crowd, if we say you're at a basketball arena and there's a large crowd of people cheering on the team. That's not what I'm talking about. If you're at a concert and there's a large crowd listening to the concert, that's not what I'm talking about. What we're talking about today when we talk about the crowd is really the culture. It's the world. It's the culture in which we live in. And I want to show you some scriptures today in Romans chapter 12 and starting in verse 2. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, to patterns of the culture, the patterns of the world, the patterns of the crowds, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, it says, Enter through the narrow gate. This is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only if you find it. So we're talking about following the crowds or following the culture. The scripture says don't conform to the patterns of the world, the patterns of culture, the patterns of the crowd. And oftentimes what can happen is really we can live in a culture and a society and we do where really this is the scripture it's talking about in, in, in Matthew chapter seven where really there's this wide road that people are on. And it's a road that leads to destruction. And if we're not careful, we can almost get in the middle of the crowd and we can kind of be following along, but by almost not even realizing, we're kind of just going the way everybody else is going. We're saying the same things everybody's saying. We're doing the same things everybody's doing. We're thinking the same ways everybody's thinking. We're, we're believing the same things the world and the culture is believing. And so if we're not careful, we can almost be like cattle being herded. You, you, you ever been in a large crowd and you feel like you're being herded, you're a cattle just being herded? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just recently, I got to go to one of the football games a few weeks ago, and, and I'm telling you, getting into the stadium, the, it was so crowded that literally we were like shoulder to shoulder trying to get in. I literally turned to the person I was with, and I say, I literally feel like I'm being herded like cattle right now. 
And I'm, uh, true story, I'm not the largest of guys, you probably can tell, I'm not the, 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 the tallest or strongest of guys, and I, we were so tight, no, tr- no joke, true story, and this is a very embarrassing story, but I'm being vulnerable with you here, and we were so tight on a crowd, the guy behind me, he was a very large man, okay, and when I say large, he was probably 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, I don't know, he could have been 12 feet for all I know, the dude was huge, okay, and so he was so large, and we were so tight, we were literally shoulder to shoulder, I mean, he was literally, I mean, as close as you could get, and he was a large man, he also had a large stomach, and his stomach was so large, and he was so tall, that his stomach literally was sitting on my shoulder. <laughs> this is literally a true story. This is not a joke. This really happened. I'm, I'm walking, and this guy was in a hurry. So it was not like he was just sitting. It was like his stomach was pushing. You know what I'm saying? I turned to my friend that I was with, and I said, this guy behind me is defiling me right now. <laughs> I didn't say that in the other service. Okay. And so here's what happens. But oftentimes, I couldn't see where we were going. I couldn't tell what was happening. I was just literally, we were just bouncing back and forth. And oftentimes, this is how it is with our culture. Our culture can be doing so much of the same thing that next thing you know, we kind of just jump in and we're just being kind of just going around because that's what everybody else is doing. And that's not the way God called us to do. Now, I love Jesus because Jesus was always around the crowds, but he never followed the crowds. Now, I love Jesus because he always loved the crowds. See, oftentimes as Christians, we can think we're supposed to be set apart. So now we can be mean to people. We can look down at people because we're different or because they're different than us or they believe something different than us. No, Jesus still loved the crowds, but he never followed the crowds. And so as Christians, as believers, as people that say, I want to be a disciple of Jesus, I want to follow him, then we need to know we are not called to follow what culture the crowds are doing. Jesus did this. He modeled this for us. You ever heard the phrase, everybody's doing it? Well, everybody's saying it. Well, everybody's doing that. Well, everybody's, everybody thinks that. Or everybody's wearing it. Oh, I'll give you another one for the young people in the room. Well, everybody posts those things. Everybody posts those types of pictures. Everybody, everybody, everybody does it. So if everybody's doing it, well, here's what the scripture says. It's very interesting if we read it. It says it in Matthew chapter seven. Wide is the road. Everybody's on it. But that road leads to destruction. But narrow is the road, in the road narrow, the scripture even says a few are on that road. But that road leads to life and life more abundantly. And so it's important for us as believers, as humans, as people that say we are Christians and want to be followers of Jesus. We should be people that don't allow ourselves to follow what culture is doing. I want to show it to you in Luke chapter 19. Starting in verse two. Today, I'm gonna do something I have never done before. I'm gonna teach from four Bible stories in the same message. And I'm gonna stay within 30 minutes. Come on, somebody, y'all better start praying. Come on. (laughs) I'm gonna teach from four Bible stories today. And you're like, oh God, I'm gonna be here for two hours. I'm sorry, it's not true because we have another service. So you get out of it. The 11 o'clock, they'll be here for two hours. Come on. In Luke chapter 19 and verse 2, it's a very famous story. It's this man named Zacchaeus, and the Bible says that he was short. Many of us know this story. If you've grown up in church, you even know the song of Zacchaeus. Yes, Zacchaeus had his own song. And many of us know it. Zacchaeus was a wee. Okay, that's enough. Stop. Okay, stop. I'm going to be honest with you. That was terrible. Okay, good. I'm going to be honest. That was absolutely terrible. We'll move on. Now I'm going to be completely honest. I'm being just vulnerable with you here. As a short man here looking at Zacchaeus, I get very offended by that song. 
Notice that they don't just say he was we or he was little. It was we and he's little. Why he's got to be both, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's offensive. It's okay. I've been working through things in my heart for many years, but it's fine. Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and he's wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. This man, that Zacchaeus, he had heard about Jesus. He had heard about the miracles. He had heard about who Jesus was. He's claiming to be the son of God. He says, I got to see this dude. He gets out, the crowd is so strong and so large, he can't see Jesus. So he gotta go, he runs ahead of the crowd, gets on a tree and waits for Jesus. See, this is what's interesting. The crowds affected the way that Zacchaeus saw. It's the same thing with us culture. If we're not careful, crowds can affect how we see. It can affect how we see. Let me explain why. Because if we have so many people around us and culture is so uh, all around us, and we're, it can affect the way that we see Jesus. Something happens in our world and, and, and something breaks out and, and media is saying these things and people are saying these things. Next thing you know, we're just kind of being herded like cattle. We're just believing what everybody else is believing because we're not taking time to, on our own to see Jesus for ourselves. Here's the interesting thing about that. If, the, if we're following culture and, the, and we're following the crowds, we are unable to see Jesus the way that we're called to see Jesus. Here's what happens. We end up looking for people around us to show us Jesus. And so now what we do is we're basing what someone else thinks about Jesus to believe what we believe. I have an illustration I wanna show it to you. Where's my little ladder? You got my ladder? Where's my ladder? Oh, you're gonna, you, you aren't back there. You aren't ready. You aren't ready. You, Everybody's just gonna stare at you now. Okay, I have an illustration. David's gonna bring out my illustration. I need a few volunteers that can help me. Okay, I need tall people, tall people. David's tall. Anybody else in the room that's tall? Anybody else in the room that's tall? Yeah, you can come up here. Clayton, I know you're tall. Who else? I need a few people. Y'all help me out. Come on, just a couple people. Like, give me like four people or five people. Come on, y'all, come on. Clayton, come on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, come on, come on, Jackson. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Nikesh, come on up here. Good, 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 Y'all put that away. Come up here, come up here, come up here. Let's, we're gonna, come on, come on, come over Come over here, come over here, come over here. I'm gonna show you. Come over here, come over here, guys. Don't be scared of me. Okay, here we go. There's no more tall women in the church. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come over here. Come over here. Now, okay. we're, we're kind of huddled up here. We're huddled up. Now, now, here's what happens. Watch. Stay in the middle. Stay in the middle. Now, here's what happens. Now, now, this is, I'm just getting very practical here. Very, very practical. If I'm in the middle of the crowd, it's hard for me to see what y'all are doing. Okay, thank you, brother. Thank you, preacher. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, that's how I feel. That's how I feel, okay? Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, I'm just like I said, if that's the case, if Jesus is, is, is telling me something and I'm not able to see Jesus, here's what happens. Now, I'm gonna look to these people around me to tell me who Jesus is. Now the problem is, now the problem is, now watch. Now the problem is with this is now if Clayton, and Clayton does love Jesus, but if Clayton doesn't love Jesus, now here's what happens. Now I'm taking Clayton's biblical views who has nothing to do with God and I'm putting it in what I think is true because it's all I can see. And so now what happens is now my whole, my whole mindset on Jesus is conforming. Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not conform to the power of the Lord. It's conforming because of the way that I'm seeing things because I'm so caught up in what culture is doing. You can go sit down. Thank y'all so much. Actually, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Now what happens is, thank y'all, what happens is, yes, stay right there. So what, what the Bible says is his ways are higher and, and, and his thoughts are higher. What we need to do is we need to then, when we're looking for Jesus, we need to get in our word. When we get in our word, here's what the Bible does. Here's what prayer does. Here's what worship does. It allows us to get a different perspective 
on what it is that we're facing in our lives. It allows us then now to see past the crowds, just like I love what Zacchaeus did. Oh, he was short. I love that he was short. Here's what he did. He, the Bible says he ran in front of the crowds. He didn't get in the middle of the crowd and say, oh, Jesus, please see me. No, he ran in front of the crowds. Why? Because when he ran in front of the crowds, now he waited on Jesus and he allowed the word. He allowed whatever it was in his life to say, okay, I'm going to let that be that. But I know when the time is right, God's going to see me and speak to me in my life about this situation. Does that make sense? It's so important. That, okay, now y'all can go sit down. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. Y'all give a hand to this lovely young men and women. Okay. Okay. And so this is why it's important to be careful. Hear me. This is why it's important that we're careful in what we surround ourselves with and who we surround ourselves with. Because if we're not careful, that what's going to happen is the very things that are around us can start to conform us into a belief system that we never thought possible. I see it all the time. People that are close to us that don't believe in God and people that are close to us that believe that the Bible is not true and that there's certain parts of the Bible that aren't true. And here's what happens. It causes us to begin to conform because of the relationship. It causes us to begin to conform into something in something or believe in something that never was intended for us to believe. That's why we should always keep our eyes on Jesus. If you want to know what truth is, dive in your word. Why? Because it will give you a different perspective than what the culture is giving you. I promise you this, if you want to know what truth is, you're going to dive in your word. You're going to see very quickly, the word is countercultural. It's going to give you a different perspective. Why? Because when the world says to fear, God says to have peace and trust. When the world says to be perverted, God says to be pure. When the world, okay, anyways, you got it. That being said, it's important that we understand this is what we do. When we get in those situations, don't allow the crowds to determine what you see. Because why? Because then I'm starting to mold and shape this picture of what I think Jesus is. And this is what our world is doing. Our culture is doing. Our culture is all creating their own mindset of who Jesus is so that it can fit the lifestyle that we're choosing to live, that we want to live. And that's not, that's not it at all. It's saying, I want to I study the truth, and I want to see Jesus, and I want to be like Jesus and follow him with my life. The crowds affect the way that we see. Mark chapter 3 and verse 20. It says this, Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family had heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, he is possessed by Satan, by the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. What's happening in this story is Jesus is preaching and he's ministering miracles to people and these things are happening and these all different voices start to speak on, oh, this, he's out of his mind. And then the religious leaders, they say, you know what? He's not just out of his mind. He's being, he's being used by Satan. And the end of this scripture, as it goes on, you can read it on your own, your own time. Jesus starts to say, no, that's not the case at all. A house divided against itself wouldn't stand. How could Satan be casting out Satan? That's not true. He, he, he puts the people in their place. But it's interesting because there's all these different voices in the crowd. And this is true. What happens? Crowds affect the way that we hear. Crowd affects how we hear. It's interesting to me. The very first temptation, the very first sin. Eve was tempted by the serpent speaking to her. She heard. What she heard attracted her. And so we as believers have to be careful in what it is that we listen to. And this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 33 says. It says, for God is not the author of confusion. 
but of peace. Confusion leads to chaos. And if it's chaotic, God's not in it. Confusion leads to chaos. And if it's chaotic, God's not in it. The Bible actually says right here, we just read, God's not even the author of, he's, there, he's, not anywhere, he's the God of peace, not of confusion. And we can get so caught up in what culture is doing. And here's what culture does. Culture cr- tries to create confusion in every area of our lives. Culture tries to create confusion in what we believe, in our, in our religious lifestyle. Culture tries to create confusion in who we are and our identity and who we are as humans. Culture tries to create a, a confusion with our families and how we feel and what we love and our relationships. And everything that we do, culture is trying to create confusion. Why? Because confusion is not of God. And so again, Jesus was very countercultural. And following him means that we live countercultural. That means we have to be careful in what we listen to and what we hear and who's speaking to us. Why? Because if we're not careful, it'll create confusion in our lives. And through confusion, we'll start to have chaotic moments in our lives and situations. And the next thing you know, we're we're somewhere far off in a decision that God's not even in. I would tell you this. If it's something in your life that's creating confusion in your mind, more than likely it's not God. Now, I'm not talking about Hear me, hear me. I'm not talking about not understanding something. So you may read your Bible and you may say, well, I don't understand that. That's confusing. That's not the type of confusion we're talking about. We're talking about confusion of I'm confused on what is right and what is wrong. And I'm distorting the two. Does that make sense? A confusion of not knowing what your Bible says means that it's a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding means now I go and I ask and so I can learn what it is that I'm trying to understand. Does that make sense? And it's interesting because in a crowd, we're talking about how the crowd affects the way we hear, the culture affects how we hear. When you're in a crowd, especially a large one, it's very difficult to hear the people around you. You ever been in a crowd, you try to talk to somebody and you're like, and they're like, what? Like, man, you got demons coming out of you. What are you doing? You ever try to talk to somebody in a loud voice and they're screaming and you're screaming and you can't even really hear them because the crowd's so loud? It would happen in this room. If we all started talking at the same time, it's probably 150, 200 people in here. As small as this room is, if we all start talking together, nobody would better hear each other. And here's what happens. Here's, then here's what happens. Because of the noise of the crowd, you're only able to hear the people that are very, the very closest to you. Because of the crowd, the noise of the crowd, you're only able to hear the people that are the very closest to you. Check this out. We are living in a world full of noise. We are living in a culture and a society that is filled with noise. There is noise everywhere about everything. Everybody has an opinion. We live in a world, I've never, I've never read about it before, a world where everybody's opinion is truth. Because you think it, Sir, ma'am, you must be right. Praise God. Go ahead on. We live in a world that is so opinionated and everybody's got voices and everybody's got thoughts and there's so much noise. Here's what happens. If we're not careful, the only people we hear are the ones that are closest to us. Hear me, hear me, hear me. This is why spiritually it is so important to have relationship with Jesus. Because if other people are closer to us than Jesus, we're going to listen to those opinions more than his. 
We're going to follow their voice more than his. That's why I love Jesus. He wants to, the Bible says he wants personal relationship. It's not because he's this God that says, okay, you got to do these things. You got to pray. You got to read your Bible. You got to do these things in order to be a Christian. No. That's not what he says. He says, I want to be in personal relationship with you, in proximity with you, close to you. Why? So that you can hear my voice over others because my ways are higher than their ways. And so from that, my proximity with Jesus, this is why praying, oh my goodness, this is why reading the Bible, it's so important. The Bible's just not irrelevant. No, it's a Bible that allows us to hear the voice of God so we can become close to him. And then from close to him now, all the other noise can be as loud as it wants to be. All the lies, all the anxiety, all the stress, all the drama, all the hate, all the division, all the fear, everything can be loud. But I'm close to Jesus. So all that noise is just background noise and I'm following him because he's close to me. This is why personal relationship is so important. It's not just about coming to a church. Oh my goodness, hear me. If you think your, your, your walk with Jesus is revolves around coming to a church, church is great. It boosts us and it energizes us and encourages us, yes. But if you revolve your Christianity around church, I'm sorry, sir, ma'am, you're missing it. Why? Because it's about personal relationship. Why? Because my voice is only on Sunday. Somebody else's voice is going to be on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and on Friday and on Saturday. Jesus' voice, he wants you to be close to him where you hear him every day. And so we can't allow the culture to affect the noise of the culture to affect us hearing God. Because then as we hear him, we're able to follow him. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowds watched and the leaders scoffed at him. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the chosen one. Jesus is hanging on a cross. He's dying for my sins and your sins. And he looks at the soldiers who had been crucifying him and laughing at him. And the Bible says that he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And the Bible says the crowds are watching and that the religious leaders begin to mock him. The soldiers, they begin to mock him. Here's what's interesting. This is oftentimes how we are as Christians. We can get to a place where someone's saying something and we say, well, we're a part of the conversation, but well, I'm not the one that said it, so I'm good. The crowds were just as guilty as the soldiers. The crowds were just as guilty as the religious leaders. Why? Because they participated in what was happening. And this is oftentimes what we have to understand. The crowds affect the way that we see. It affects uh, the, the way that we hear, but it also affects, it affects the way that we, uh, let me write, I got it, it affects the way, what we, what we say, how we speak. They're mocking Jesus and the crowds are participating in it. This is oftentimes what we do. We get in circles at home in our jobs and people are gossiping. We're like, oh, I'm not gossiping. I'm just listening. We are just as, as at fault if we're listening. We are participating in the gossip and we are just as at fault as someone that's speaking the gossip. 
Oh, well, I'm not telling that dirty joke, and oh, I'm just laughing at it. It's not me. We are just as at fault if we are participating. Why? Because it's important that we understand that we got the crowds, this is what the crowds do, this is what the culture does, tries to change and shift what we say and how we say it. Why? Because the Bible says that the tongue has the power to give life or death. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Is what we're saying bringing life? to those around us? Is what we're saying working up more fear? Is what we're saying working up more perversion? Is what we're saying working up more negativity? Is, work, is what we're saying working up more insecurity in our lives? Because here's what I know, the Bible says it, the, the tongue has the power to speak life or death. Just because your situation doesn't look great does not mean that you have to speak negatively about your situation. Look at Jesus. He's hanging on the cross. The Bible says that we are to be following him, that we would take up our cross and follow him. Okay, if we're supposed to follow him, then we're supposed to live like him. He's literally in the worst situation that anybody could ever be in. No matter what any of us have walked through on this planet, online or in this room, none of us are, uh, have walked through having to hang on a cross like Jesus. He's hanging on a cross. He doesn't speak negatively about the, about the disciples. He doesn't speak negatively about the soldiers. He doesn't speak negatively about his situation and say, God, I can't believe I'm on this cross right now for these little peasants. He doesn't speak negatively about the religious leaders. Here's what he does. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. For us in this room, if when we walk through something on this planet, culture says, Speak your mind. If you, if you feel it, say it. If you think it, do it. Go do, do what you, just say. And, and that's not the case at all. God sometimes, the Bible even says it, that we should be slow to speak at times. And so that means I'm not gonna just blab on about so-and-so because so-and-so did something. No, I wanna honor that person. Is what I'm saying about this person honoring them. Why? Because culture is not about honor. Culture doesn't need to honor. They don't wanna honor. It's about honoring self. And so if I can talk bad about somebody else, it makes me feel better about myself. And so I'm gonna talk bad about that person. And that's not what Jesus would do or did do. Jesus was one that said, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna speak life in every situation of my, of my life. We can't follow the culture and how we speak. Here's the question I would ask you. Does what come out of, does, does what, do the words that come out of your mouth, can people tell that you're a follower of Jesus? By what you say, by what I say, by what we say, with the words that come out of, do, if people were around us at all times, do the words that come out of my mouth, would they know that I'm a follower of Jesus? By the way that I speak to my wife, would people know that I'm a follower of Jesus? By the way that I speak about my boss or my friends or my family members or my, the person that hurt me or my enemy or whoever, by the words that I speak, by the jokes that I tell, by the, by the words that I say about others, would someone know that's a follower of Jesus? Because this is what I know. Everybody that, anybody and everybody around knew who Jesus was because of who he was and how he lived his life. And so I would encourage you in, your, in this room, don't follow culture. Oh yeah, everybody's doing it. Everybody gossips. Oh, I know. Oh, everybody, everybody just talks about it. Everybody tells these jokes. Everybody does. Everybody at the job, that's what they do. Everybody does. It's fine. Everybody throws everybody under the bus. That's what they do. We just throw people. It's just part of the job. Everybody throws everybody under the bus. Everybody's leading down a road, living and walking down a road to the destru destruction. 
The Bible says that narrow is the road of ones that speak life because that narrow road is one that brings life and life more abundantly. So here's what I have to say. Okay, if the crowd affects what we, what we see, how we hear, and what we say, if the crowd affects those things, then what do we need to do? We need to leave the crowd. We need to leave the crowd. Matthew chapter nine and verse 23, I love this scripture. It says, when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing and he said, go away, the girl's not dead, but she's asleep. They all laughed. They all laughed. They all, thank you. After the, crowd had put, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Hearing this story, Jesus hears from this man, Jairus, who says, my, my daughter is sick. Would you come to my house? And would you heal her? Jesus says, sure, let's do it. On the way to their house, the Bible says that she dies. Scripture says that there was this wailing. There's this, this funeral music. There's these people that are just, just crying and so upset about what happened. And Jesus sees all these people and he, he says, y'all all get out. Just everybody leave. Everybody get out. Please leave. She's not dead. She's only asleep. People say, what are you, are, are you crazy? And they start to mock him. The Bible says that they mock him and he pushes everybody out where it's just him, Peter, James, and John, and his disciples. Show it to you in Luke chapter eight, same scripture, different, different verse. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and the mother. He pushed everybody out. He removed himself from the crowd to get out. I can't, follow, I can't listen to the culture. I can't follow the culture. I can't get caught up in the drama. Just everybody leave. I gotta step away from the crowds. And here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get Peter, James, and John. I'm gonna get mom and dad, and we're gonna go in the room. What does this show me? Yeah, we know, okay, we're gonna be followers of Jesus. Okay, we gotta leave the crowds behind. Okay, yeah, we're gonna leave the crowds. Cool, well, here's what the scripture shows me. The road that is narrow, that leads to life, it can sometimes be lonely. There were crowds of people wailing and shouting and crying and playing music and all these people doing all this, these things, making all this noise. He has to leave them behind and say, I'm gonna take my three close guys. See, in your life, in our lives, oftentimes we think the more the merrier. Okay, I gotta have 30 people that, that are close to me. I want everybody to like me. No, Jesus just said, I don't need 30, I just need three. And for those of us in the room, especially young people in the room, the, who you surround yourself is so vital in what you believe. The crowd said she's dead. He said, no, she's not. Now, the choice and who he was gonna hang out with helped and who, what happened in next in the story. Okay, so here's what happens. Then he gets his three guys. He said, I, don't, I ain't worried about what the crowd says to me. I ain't worried about what the crowd, I don't need to get invited to that party. I don't need to get invited to that business deal. I don't need to sit at the table with the CEOs if that's what they're talking. I don't need all that. Why? Because that may make me feel lonely, but in the end, I know the road I'm on is narrow. And the narrow road leads to life. And so I'm okay. Oh, can I help you out for a moment? I'm okay with it being a little bit lonely. Why? Because the road leads to paradise. 
And so the lonely road is the good road. If I'm not feeling lonely, I need to check something in my heart probably and my surroundings around me. Might get a little lonely. Then the scripture says, they start to mock Jesus. He's Jesus. He was the son of God. And even if they didn't believe he was the son of God, they all knew he was a man who did miracles and saw all kind of things happen. 5,000 people were fed from two fish and some loaves. Some fish. Everybody saw the sick and the walk, the lame walking and saw the dead rise. And so they knew who he was. But still they chose to mock him. And said, show us. For being real. The narrow road. At some point in our lives, we may get mocked. We may get mocked for saying, can't go to that place. We may get mocked for saying, I can't post those things. We may get mocked for saying, I can't talk about that. We may get mocked to say, you know what? Y'all can continue to talk. I'm going to go back to my desk. That's just, I just can't, I, my soul, I, 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 I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit with what I'm hearing and saying. So I, 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 I got to go, I'm not better than you. I'm not saying that I'm better than you. But I do know that there's this standard of me being separate from the culture in the world. And I'm trying to follow Jesus. And that road sometimes is a little bit lonely. And if you got to make fun of me for it, it is what it is. Why? Because I know that road is the road that leads to life. If they mock Jesus, how in the world do we think they're not going to mock us? I'm nowhere near as cool as Jesus. Have you looked in the mirror? Neither are you. You may think you are because you got a cool shirt on that cost it way too much. You may think you are because you got shoes that you paid way too much for. Let me tell you something you're not that cool. But here's what happens. Human nature doesn't want to be mocked. Human nature doesn't want to feel like we don't fit in. And so here's what human nature does. Human nature says, I'm just going to conform. But no, Jesus, no. That's the wide road. The narrow road is the road that leads to life. And so I'm okay with it being a little lonely sometimes. I'm okay with somebody saying, oh, they're that church. Yeah, we are that church. A church that loves Jesus and loves people, no matter who you are or where you come from. And then it's interesting. Because right after this scripture in verse 25, it is in Matthew chapter, chapter 9. So you pull up verse 25. It says, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in. He took the girl by the hand. And she got up. Oh my goodness, how encouraging is this? It may get a little lonely. We may not always fit in. But I do know this. The narrow road is the, is the road where we will see the hand of God in our lives. It says he, he, he reaches out. And he picks her up. And oh my goodness, let me tell you something. I want to encourage you just for three minutes. Let me tell you something. When his hand gets, reaches out for us, let me tell you something. His hand provides. His hand heals. His hand delivers. His hand, whatever it is that we need, when he reaches out, that's where the road to the narrow road is. It leads to life. And the scripture says, life 
more abundantly. The very things that we are believing for and praying for, it's on the narrow road. The problem is we get so caught up in what culture says that we start to just kind of waddle around, be herded like cattle, and we're leading and living down a road of destruction which leads to, 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 to guilt and to shame and to regret and to hurt and to anxiety and to stress and to depression and to addiction and all these things. And we've all been down that road somewhere in our lives. And we know where it leads. And we're not even talking about eternal destruction. We're just talking about destruction on this planet. Also leads to eternal destruction. But destruction on this planet. But Jesus, the narrow road, the road that says it may be a little lonely, it's okay. We may not always fit in, it's all right. But I know on this road, I will see the hand of God in my life. I will see my body delivered. I will see God move and me be provided for. I will see him take care of my family. I will see him protect us. I will see God's hand. Why? Because I'm choosing to follow him. Oh my goodness, as we close down this series, if I can encourage you with one thing, let us be a church, a group of people, individuals that say with our lives, we're choosing to follow him. Why? Because I can promise you this, and David said it, and oh, I love David. He was, the Bible says, the man after God's own heart. David said this. Surely, I will see your goodness in the land of the living. Surely, this is what David said, surely. He knew, he was confident. Surely, I will see your goodness all the days of my life. Why? Because I'm choosing to follow Jesus. And when I follow Jesus, I know it's not about what people say. It's not what people are doing. I want to choose to follow Jesus. Why? Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, as I follow him, it's, he's bringing me life and life more abundantly and eternal life. And so I challenge you as we close today. Let's be a group of individuals that make it the highest priority to follow Jesus. This may be your first time. I'm glad you're here. This may be your 500th time. I'm glad you're here. You may be a parent. You're like, I don't even live here. I'm glad you're here. None of that matters. What matters is this. Are you going to choose to follow Jesus? Or are you going to choose to follow the world? Because that's what the option is. It's, there's two roads. There's not a third road. Like, oh, I'm kind of in the middle. No, there's two roads. There's a road that's wide, and then there's a road that's narrow. And the narrow road may not be what we, the world would think is the cool world. The narrow road may not be what the cool thing is in this world, but I'll tell you this. It's a, it's a road that may always, and again, let me hear this. Let me say this. It's not going to always be the easy road. I'm not saying you go down the narrow road, you're going to be rich. You're going to be hashtag blessed. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we will live a life with Jesus, where he will continue to take care of us, and surely we will see his goodness all the days of our lives. Can I encourage you? Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. No matter what you're facing, what you're walking through, God is good. He is a good God and he cares for us and he loves us. And he showed us that by sending his son Jesus to die for us. And so he showed us by sending his son, how much more does he want to show us through the rest of our lives? All we have to do is Jesus, I'm going to follow you. If I can get you to remember one thing in your life that I've said. 
that you would be a person that follows Jesus. Don't follow Jordan. Don't follow a, a, a preacher on a podcast. Don't follow a church. Don't follow a building. Don't follow a, a small group leader. All those things are great. Those things are important. I, that's great. But don't let that be the number one voice. Follow Jesus. Get yourself your two or three friends and don't be so concerned with all the others and, and say, you know what, what I want to do? I want to live different. I, I, want, I, wanna, I want my life to look different than regret and shame and guilt and condemnation and pain and hurt and anxiety and addiction and depression. I want my life to look different. If I look at the world, that's what the world looks like. I want to be different. And so how do I do that? I follow Jesus. As I follow him, surely we will see his goodness. We will see shame lifted off of our lives. We'll see sin removed. We'll see condemnation erased. We'll see, we'll see healing and we'll see deliverance and we'll see freedom and we'll see provision. Why? Because we chose to follow him. As I close this series, if you remember nothing else, remember every single day that you wake up, choose to follow Jesus. Amen. Can we pray today?